0: Hey, Chad. Hey, Cameron. So uh, I I want to get into it with the pins of cheap with Cameron, Chad.
1: Yeah, it's us. It, it's us too. It's
0: kind of, it's, it's a, it's sort of a tradition. We always talk about it. So let's, let's do this one real quick. Uh, this week we got the, the reveal for the last Smash Brothers character.
1: Oh yeah, we did.
0: So what do you think?
1: Um, I'm not that surprised. Uh, I figured they were going to do Sora. Like, everyone likes Sora. Everyone wants him. He's a big property. There were some of the weird caveats because he's tied to so many Disney characters. And I know they weren't really ever going to show up in Smash. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, there's some plausible that he's not going to be in. But at the end of the day, I'm fine with it. I've never played a Kingdom Hearts game. I will never play a Kingdom Hearts game. Um, uh, happy people are happy. I want a Doom guy. Like, my heart was set on Doom guy.
0: Now, that's funny, because they did give us the Doom Guy Mii costume.
1: Which is dumb. The Mii fighters suck, and that's upsetting no, to me.
0: They're fun, and it looks cute.
1: No, they're dumb. I hate them, and now I'm mad at you.
0: I, I was more hopeful for Master Chief.
1: Yeah, I wanted him, too. I've been awesome.
0: But Sora fits in just fine, I think.
1: Yeah, but, like... Since I was in high school, it was like, who would win in a fight, Master Chief or Samus? And it's like, what if what if Nintendo lets me play this out? We can solve this riddle. And they're like, no, we're going to have the Disney guy with the key sword. Ugh. Thanks, Nintendo.
0: Okay, this is weird. I can't seem to find it.
1: What you looking for?
0: Here it is. So they gave us the sword trailer, right?
2: Yeah, I didn't watch it,
0: and it's just kind of it's well, it's it's kind of vague and nothing like I, I I don't know. Um, it's the like all the characters are there in front of the big Smash Brothers fire, like, like the logo, do. you know. Yep. And then like the fire goes out, and everyone turns into statues. But then Mario is there, and there's a little bit of fire left, and so he like he reaches into the fire. And he pulls out something and he throws it and it soars through the air and it, it, it turns into a keyblade. And then the keyblade like opens the door that brings back the fire and wakes everybody up and soars okay. there.
1: Hooray! He saved the day! It,
0: yeah, it's like, okay, whatever. So I don't understand why th- this, this has happened more than once now. But people figured out really fast, like, hey, wait a minute. I think music was supposed to play over this. Oh. A- and again, they decided to just go without music. But this so wasn't music, licensed music. Helpful. This is the theme to the Smash Brothers Ultimate. And it, okay. it syncs up, like the lyrics sync up really tightly. I'm sorry, my pop filter keeps moving. Um, so here, I just want you to watch this. It's like 30 seconds. Not even that.
1: That's a big ask for this show. Oh, 18. So wait, that's uh Kingdom Hearts music?
0: No, that's the Smash Brothers ultimate theme.
1: That's the Smash Brothers ultimate theme? Yeah. Since fuck I've been playing Smash Brothers Ultimate since that game came came out. I have never heard that song.
0: Okay, if if you boot up the game, And then don't mash the start button. Then you have to hear this song. Like I usually part of playing Smash Brothers is mashing through so that it doesn't start playing because you never want to hear it again.
1: Yeah, that was dumb. That sounded like Kingdom Hearts music. Remember, uh, simple and clean. That was a good song.
0: Uh, No, I don't because uh, they're not going to pay for the royalties and we'll never hear it again.
1: Oh, I suppose. I mean, you could listen to it on YouTube. It hasn't vanished.
0: That's illegal. Oh no. Uh, you know what is simple and clean though?
1: Oh, the Jameson Stout I'm drinking. Actually, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I did it, Cameron. I, I just like, can we, can we talk about children's cartoons for an hour and be sober? And the answer is no. That's not on brand for this. Also, I was really excited to try this because it smelled really good. Uh, conceptually, very interesting. Taste, um, it's fine. Jameson's okay. Stout beer is good. You combine the two, they make something pretty good. I probably won't buy it though at like thirty five dollars a bottle. I think that's a bit steep. But it's a neat flavor. I'm I, I don't regret I don't regret it.
0: Simple and clean.
1: Yeah. That that, that that sip tasted better than the first sip. I think it's gonna be one of those, like by the time I'm at the end of the glass, and I'm like, This is great. Yeah. Yuck yuck yuck.
0: It's funny how those work out, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's like how I drink IPAs. Like, the first first swig is like, oh, why did I buy this? And then by, like, halfway down the can, I'm like, this shit's fine. I like this. And by the end, I'm like, yeah, IPAs are great.
0: Do you drink out of the can? Uh, if
1: it's in a can, yeah.
0: Okay, so pro tip for IPAs, pour it into glass. I guess. Uh, no, it it's like a night and day. It fixes the problem with IPAs. Really? Not entirely. Not entirely. It's still gonna but be happy, it helps. But.
1: Interesting. I, I guess I never really tried that. Like, I, I typically like to drink beer out of the can. Uh, but, like, I feel like with light beers, the tin the, the from the can, like, adds to the taste and actually adds flavor to it. Whereas, like, anything else, you probably do want to pour it in something. Like, like if I get Guinness in a can, I tend to want to pour that in a glass just because I, I don't want I don't want metal to ruin my Guinness flavor. Like, I actually like the flavor of Guinness.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess really it's just a matter of, uh it's a matter of taste. I recommend uh, you experiment on your next IPA.
2: Okay.
1: That's a good idea. Cameron, do we want to jump into our topic?
0: I guess we could.
1: I I'm kind of excited, too. I guess I should introduce it since I'm the one who brought it up. We watched the new MLP movie, the new My Little Pony Generation 5. I don't know what the subtitle of the movie is. Uh... My
0: Little Pony, A New Generation. Oh. I could have fucking. You were so that. close. I, I literally thought you were saying it. And I was like, oh, Chad remembered the subtitle. Good for Chad. No.
1: But I did watch it uh thanks to our, our good old cursed website that I won't name because it ends in like, .ru, But I did not I did not subscribe to Netflix for this. I I am one of those uh, those uh, the criminals.
0: I went so to Netflix.ru. There you
1: go. Netflix.ru yeah, okay. It, what? Ask Netflix. Are you okay?
0: Oh, okay. Um, I want to talk about some other cartoons too. Maybe not this week, but I've been, I was catching up on cartoons all week. <laughs> I think I subbed only for the Pony movie, but it's like, oh no, they got other stuff I want to. They need to fill in here. There we go.
1: Yeah, Joe kind of talked about uh, subbing because he want. There's some stuff he wants to watch. He's like, remember Avatar: The Last Airbender? Like. We've never actually seen the full thing of that, and it's like, yeah, we could we could subscribe to Netflix and watch that. Like, I kind of want to know how that ends. Oh, you never saw it? No, uh, for a bit we were really watching that show, like when it was coming out, right when it was on Nickelodeon, and then I think I don't know if there was like a, a gap in episodes, like changing from one season to another, or if we just like something happened at school and like all of a sudden we were staying later one day, or but like, oh we just no no no, stopped no. watching.
0: Netflix is notorious with their inability to schedule. Like, stuff no, no, is no, always moving. That's what...
1: This was, like, back in Nickelodeon. Unless yeah, you mean Nickelodeon.
0: Yeah, Nickelodeon. No, that's what oh, ruined okay. Invader Zim. Yeah. Um, they would never... It, like, it, they kept moving it to different days. And it's like, I don't know what you expect to happen. Did you watch that Invader Zim movie?
1: I did not know there was an Invader Zim movie.
0: Yeah, they did, like... It's basically, like, one more episode... It's like that kind of movie. Oh, okay. Uh, was it fun? I, I want to say I had low expectations and then was pleasantly surprised how good they managed to like retain the spirit of the show, even though it was clearly animated slightly different. And they're telling the story in a different way because it's a longer format.
2: Sure. They had
0: to change Gaz's character for like narrative reasons, they needed her to fill a different role, so she kind of acts out of character a little bit. Well that sucks. Besides that one complaint, I have no other complaints. Like the art style changed and the stills I don't like, but you see in motion, it's like, no no no, they know what they're doing. Nice. But we need to talk about pony movie first.
1: Yeah, let's talk about the pony movie. I thought I was off the pony train camera and I was like, I'm done. Generation four ended. The last Two or three seasons were not very good. Most of the Equestria Girl stuff was not very good. Uh, but this looked cute from the start, right? Trailer came out. We talked about the trailer for, like, almost an episode. Like, awful, awful people. We are just the worst. Um, I can't remember anything I said about that trailer other than I'm pretty sure I was like, I don't trust the blue one, Izzy. She seems kind of dumb. She seems very airheaded and ditzy like, like Pinkie Pie. And the show never was consistent with how they wrote her. And... I was worried. And then th- this, the movie comes out, I think she was my favorite character in the whole fucking thing. She was really fun.
0: Yeah, I might actually agree with you there. I want to say... I want to give, I guess, my overall impressions. I i was uh, 10 minutes into the movie, and I was thinking, like, you know, they probably could have put this in theaters. hmm Like, there was a quality to it. It wasn't just more pony stuff it was like oh this is like an actual movie
1: yeah it's not
0: just feature length like the the details and everything and it it just uh, the presentation was very good i feel like they did a good job of like hey you've been a pony fan for a while now even up to recently so we're not pushing you away but also hey maybe this is your first like pony movie we're not gonna like pretend that you know all the deep lore from 4chan to follow the plot or anything. So it's like, okay, you know, I, I could picture a lot of like a very wide, um, age spectrum, just enjoying this movie. If it's their first time catching it, it wasn't like dumbed down for just four year olds.
1: The first, the first 10 to 15 minutes, I think are, um, I understand structurally what they're doing. Like it's, it's very much, there's a utilitarian aspect to them about filling in plot, filling in world, and introducing everything and that can be really hard to do because most people understand what it's doing and it's just so transparent and this this was transparent but i feel like it was written well like i, I really liked how they approached it i like the world building i like the characters i like the the kind of fake where it starts off with the generation four and it turns out they're playing with the toys like that was you know they're not the first thing to ever do that but it was cute i enjoyed it it was a uh, a good way to like ease you know Gen 4 fans into Gen 5 while also filling in details and I liked uh, I like Sonny's dad and their relationship and like the idea of like he's researching lore that no one believes and maybe he's like a crazy person in this world, you know, like a flat earther of the ponies or whatever, and just there was it was elegant. And I did not think I would get to use that word to describe this movie, but really the first like 15 minutes of this movie are elegantly done. It's it's quite good.
0: Oh, yeah. I think perfectly it sets up the setting in a very clear way especially since they have to like undo a lot if you do pay attention. Yeah. Um because it's like that the the, the whole movie is really just like what if people do what if you're afraid of people so you didn't talk to them and then is said, like, well maybe you should you should be friends. That'd be a good thing. Like that's the kindergarten summation of it. Yeah. Uh so it's like how do you how do you take My Little Pony: Friendship Is Magic and say, like, okay, a pony civil war? No one talks to each other; they've never seen each other in centuries. And like, what, what the fuck? What? Uh, but yeah, it worked perfect for the context of the movie.
1: Yep, I think the first the first hour of this movie is very good, and then the last half an hour. Does what every My Little Pony thing I've ever seen does, and it's like they forget how to end things, and then they only have a small amount of space to end the thing, and so it's really rushed and it's kind of unsatisfying. And I do think that happened with this movie, and it's a, it's disappointing because the front two thirds is very strong. Um, at the same time, I'm not like I don't hate the ending. I just wish I just wish there had the proper time to fill it out in the way it deserved to be like this movie needs to be 20 minutes longer.
0: I think one thing that I really appreciated was that the, the main cast that comes together and they're all friends by the end. They basically, um, they're all coming from different places and I feel like their relationship grew over the course of the movie. Something that I I'm getting what, very tired of is the formula in, like, DreamWorks movies where the characters will come together and they're just magically, like, good friends at the halfway point. And then something bad will happen and they all, like, they do that slow motion thing where they, like, shake their head quietly and slowly walk away and droop their head. And it's like, no, you don't understand. I, no, I, I didn't mean, oh, no, I really messed up. And then they come together at the end. And I am really like,
1: glad this didn't do that.
0: Yeah, I feel like this movie was structured in a way to do that, and the fact that they didn't, I was like, "Oh, thank you, <laughs> like, whoever wrote this is paying attention to kids' movies." And it's like, "I am gonna write something a little different,
1: just I to mix say, it up." I do wish I I understand that they come together throughout the journey, but there is like a large swaths of this journey that take place off screen because they're they're physically you know tra- going across the planet right or going across the country, and kind of by the end, like uh, Hitch and I want to say Zip are like on the same wavelength and they've become friends. And there's glimmers of how that works. And I buy it, but I wanted to see more of it. Like if I was going to add 20 minutes to this movie, I would spend literally 10 of that on them just hanging out and interacting, going from place to place, you know, sending around a campfire and telling stories or, you know, crossing another chasm, you know, like the, the kind of, mundane horse shit that doesn't really mean anything but it allows them to interact and like this is what they can do more in the tv show when that eventually happens right like you got multiple episodes to build these relationships but when you're working with five characters and you have to do all of the footwork for world building have a villain uh, have a bunch of show tunes and different places like something is going to have to go on the cutting room floor if you're not going to do a two-hour movie and that's just a fact
0: you know what and I would I, want if we we're if we're gonna add to it, what? I want a scene where they go somewhere where there's no ponies, like there's something mm-hmm. else uh, that works as a neutral area. Sure, because I feel like every sequence was like it, it involved hiding, and like oh we can't let anyone find out you're not a unicorn, and oh we can't find out you're not a pegasus. And we gotta we gotta disguise ourselves. Like that kept happening. And it's like I kind of wish they would go somewhere, uh, where it's just like, uh, saters, and there's like a little yeah. sater inn with a with like a pub, and they got the root beer and pizza, because it's a it's party night, and like Izzy's all excited like party night we should go, and like maybe the friends don't necessarily like trust each other a whole lot, but being in an environment where they don't have to be on their guard, they end up like joining in karaoke together and there's like a cute like montage of them enjoying each other's company genuinely yeah and i feel like like that would
2: have gone a long way
0: yeah like removing them from the hostile environment they instantly become happier would play into the narrative and help reinforce it a little bit not that it needed more but i would appreciate that
2: yeah
1: plus then like And I know, like, the show is going to have multiple episodes to do that, but one of the fun things about Generation 4 was, as it went on, like, the things they got to introduce, right? Like, even in season one, okay, oh, there's griffins, Uh, and they they live elsewhere, and then, so there's a a whole country of griffins. Like, that's kind of cool. And then there's the dragons, and there's the oxes later on, and and, uh, the zebras and whatnot. Like, the world being more than just the talking horses is always a good thing. Like, I like that it got bigger. And since this is the same world, like I'm kind of like, oh, well, where what about the cats from the generation four movie or, um, the, the hippogriffs or, you know, like there's enough of a beastry, right. That they, they couldn't have gone away in this time span. So where are they? What do people know about them? And yeah, it would be cool if they had stumbled upon something completely out of their element just for a bit to, like you said, hang out and, and, become better friends and, and actually get to see that interaction in that building versus so I need to, kind of happening off screen.
0: Yeah. I need to put a little disclaimer here. Uh, I'm a fully grown adult. That is like, what's the word? This isn't even nitpicking. This is like a completely unwarranted complaint, but it was, it was difficult for me to believe that the Pegasus city was like this super huge metropolis and they're also completely isolated. Yeah. Cause you know, like a, a big city is usually like because of trade and people and like tourism and coming and going and exporting right. and importing. Like that's kind of what they
1: had all of that stuff. Like they had like crazy technology compared to everybody else. They had like doors that you had to have your hoof print to open. Like this was like some sci-fi shit going on here. Oh, uh, and I, I know that like, was their phones. Like, they have like the internet, yeah. like,
0: it, well, and then I like I laughed out loud when they had the perfume ad.
1: Oh God, yeah, After we were too, just, just talking that about those,
0: and it's like shot for shot, just like abstract. Like here's a sea of diamonds. You will believe you can fly.
1: That was so funny though, and honestly, like the care and the and little jokes it, in this movie are great. Like,
0: well, the the cinematography really too. Like, I I don't know if you caught this, but um, that one scene with the perfume ad. The camera kind of like pans back, and that's actually on like a jumbotron on the wall yeah. of a building. And the camera pans down without like without changing distance any, and you see like the you see Sunny in her jail cell. And it's this tiny little window compared to this huge screen, and it was just framed so well. And then the, it cuts to inside the jail cell, and she's looking out, and she's all sad, but she's also like. Why isn't anyone flying? Isn't it kind of weird? And then it pulls back there to show the jail cell is like a spa. And Izzy's having a good time. And it's like. Yeah. Just shot after shot after shot. Everything was cute or interesting or funny. Like, did you see that movie poster with like. It was like a Terminator pony movie. Yeah. And it's like there were little gags in the background to enjoy. It was actually just a very well produced film.
1: And. My issue is like when they get to the unicorn area, a lot of that seems to fall away. And that's when things started getting rushed and things started, I don't know, not just not quite working as well. Like the unicorn area is like it's, it's in a forest and everybody's like really sad. And the place is obviously like on hard times and emotionally like very different from the last two places we went to, which is fine. I like the contrast. There's like story here but there's not enough time to do it and and so it's like you have like the the pegasus area is like this big metropolis with a lot of technology and like that poses questions but I'm willing to buy that and be like okay something happened that these people really got to excel and ideally the the TV show will tell me that but to go from that to like the the unicorn area just like almost desolate and and very dark and and you, you you turn this like gorgeous forest into almost the gloom haven kind of thing, right? I, I, I feel like you need to address that. Like that is an extreme difference and they just don't have time and they don't do it. And it's kind of disappointing because there's clearly a lot of story there. And I was ideally the movie would stand alone like it's a movie and I know it's introducing a TV show. But it still should try and stand alone. And so there's a lot of things that just don't like things that are introduced that, you know, will show up in episode four or five. But there's no payoff here. And it's kind of disappointing.
0: I agree with you completely. Just a side tangent. I kind of love that the unicorns were all just depressed and like quiet. It was it was and funny, or like, drunks.
1: especially like they're going to like like a slam poetry thing and uh. It was just a I, I was literally weird. like
0: oh, okay yeah I would I would totally be a unicorn in this world like I would just <laughs> I would be drinking a coffee at the poetry thing silently critiquing all the poems and never sharing my own
1: Yeah like like there was a vibe to it I found quite captivating I just I wanted them to be there another 10 minutes right like that's the thing because I feel like we were in the Pegasus area for quite a while we were in the uh, Earth Pony area for even longer and so we got to have a really good glimpse of those places and kind of understand them even if we didn't get all the answers to questions we understood where they stand whereas the unicorn area is just they're there for like six minutes and like three of it's a song like it it, it's just uh it it, it's not quite balanced very well and i think that is to the movie's detriment um i did like it like i said i really like izzy as like a contrast to that place too but i want to know how that happened
0: well, I loved her house. It was full of, like, glitter and crafts and garbage. Yeah. Um, I felt like with Pinkie Pie, they, they brought this up a couple times in the show, where Pinkie Pie's whole thing is that, like, she's silly and you kind of discount her. But really, it's like, no, she takes happiness super seriously. Yeah. Like, I, I love when, like, they found her notes where, like, she has records where she keeps track of everyone's birthdays and their favorite things, and it's like, like the party planning thing is like a serious career for her. It's, yeah. you know, she doesn't just magically show up with a confetti cannon because it would be random and haha funny. It's like, you no, know, it's like a calculated decision that her instincts and talent bring her to. And with Izzy, it was more like a realistic, like, she just likes glitter. And so she yeah, practices but- with glitter. It wasn't like a supernatural party power. You know, they weren't recreating Pinkie Pie
2: yeah I really but at like the same that. time she, of...
0: she was still genuinely happy and it's like it worked in the same way mm-hmm.
1: it was kind of fun though to see the elements of the main six show up like a hitch being good with animals and that being like a gag but it's like oh like fluttershy was good at animals right like little bits of uh, and i guess like technically the main six are written in such a way like they're archetypes and so obviously they're going to reuse some of the archetypes But like the animal thing that's kind of specific uh some of, like, the the arts and crafts and the fashion thing, like, is he giving everybody a, a makeover and getting them to, you know, like, that would be, like, a rarity thing. Um, Zip being really good at the athletics, which I wish had paid off more, uh, being a Rainbow Dash thing, right? Like, it's cool to see that transfer because I, I imagine that will actually come up in the show at some point. Like, maybe these are descendants or, or something, or they embody, like, certain elements of harmony, and so there's tropes that are, like, basically passing down through the generations somehow. Like... I feel like everything is calculated in that way because I trust the show and also there, there are gags and like reveals and references to a a lot of Gen 4 stuff. That one tree they see, uh, when they're like kind of in that meadow, that like cherry blossom tree is, uh, is a tree from Gen 4. I want to say it's the, I want to say it's the tree that uh, shows up in season like eight when the, uh the school kids need, like, a place to stay or whatever, and some magic shit happens, and they get, like, a tree fort, and it's, like, that tree. And I could be getting stuff wrong, but it is definitely a tree in Gen 4. Like, like the way they framed it, like, like this is important. You knew it was important because they held that shot, but also, like, I recognized it from the, from the other cartoon, and I just don't remember why.
0: Yeah, okay, here's another disclaimer that I'm an adult, and I just, I want very different kinds of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Did you get really sad when Zip turned on that fan so that she could, like, fly on top of it?
1: I don't know if I say sad, but I also was like... Yeah, there's a certain, like, aw. I was more it, it, I angry got that, like... I super
0: melancholy about it. Like, the idea that they all have wings, but they can't fly. And also, there's this, like, ongoing lie that the royals can, so it's like... Well,
1: that was the thing, right?
0: What a miserable life to, like to be a Pegasus, but you, you don't even believe that flight's possible. And it's like, i want a whole movie about the saddest Pegasus. Like, Oh, the last unicorn. Well, what about the ones that have to live?
2: Yeah. But that's do, just,
0: okay, me. we're going to
1: do disclaimers. I do want to say, I did enjoy this movie. If that's not obvious, like I'm nitpicking and talking about stuff and things because I had fun. And like, this is kind of a fun way to engage with a kids movie. That isn't like, complete meeting list like whoa what was your favorite character what was your favorite show tune what was your favorite part you know I mean we could do that like I'm totally fine with that but I think I think talking about the movie and from a narrative perspective and from like what what's its goals what's it trying to do what's it going to do in the tv show maybe is a little more interesting than just like blindly critiquing the movie because like you can get that anywhere and you're listening to us and I'm drinking Jameson so you know this is your fault listener you could be fucking doing anything else you're the bad I person want to talk about scenario. the show tunes
0: yes I didn't Sorry. expect to care that much they were all good
1: they were really good
0: I the the not just the singing parts but also like the animation and the uh the cinematography and stuff like everything was storyboarded out with intent yes the the timing the visuals like every song had something to it did you ever bring up that list
2: uh no
0: so the first one's called gonna be my day and that's when sunny was like being optimistic after her dad died
1: i like that the pre-chorus is either the pre-chorus or the chorus in that song was really really good like that that whole song was fun but like when it, she kind of kind of breaks into those soaring moments where she really gets to sing and kind of belt like i was like fuck this is like a good song and i like the story it's telling and she would get to watch her skate around and she's like really showing this place like that a song accomplishes so much narratively in a very short
2: amount of time
0: oh and you know how i love when things go high tempo it's like it's like gonna be gonna be gonna be my day yeah yeah i thought that was a pretty fun song and it also like showed you the town in a very normal way like she's clearly optimistic in it but it's like you see the whole pony world and the, the town it's familiar to her at least
1: I like what I like about the town too is it feels fairly fleshed out like it wasn't like like the unicorn where everybody's sad right like you had a lot of different things and different buildings and sizes and like it just it felt like a town like like this makes sense uh and I like that because it was very grounded in a world where we're watching a, a a cartoon character you know horse skate on roller skates right like it it worked
0: okay the second one is i'm looking out for you
1: that was fun i, I it was nice to hear izzy sing because like by that point i had like started getting pretty endeared by her and i was like okay i want her to sing what she sounded like because she's got a very kind of high-pitched squeaky voice um and so i i, I want I, I wanted to listen to all the songs again before the show and i did not uh i remember liking that one and just like get you know getting the two to play off each other and harmonize and stuff like like from an actual song perspective was was enjoyable um, I don't really have much else to say about that one.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I don't even remember it. I'm, I'm rewatching it now. I'm like, I don't remember the scene at all. Like it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cute. It serves a purpose. Uh, next is the, I think maybe everyone's favorite though.
1: Yeah. The angry mob song.
0: Yeah. It's called danger danger. So I'm, I want to assume something real quick. Okay. Uh, I think if anyone out there is listening to the show, I almost want to guess that you probably didn't even watch the movie and you might not care about ponies as much as we do. So like the very obvious child plot that they're doing is like, the ponies, the, the earth ponies are separate. The pegasi are separate. The unicorns are separate, but they're also like um, superstitious and bigoted against each other. Like there's a real like us versus them mentality in each of these cities. And so, While the main characters leave, the story's antagonist, who is really just like an annoying school bully who's stupid, uh, he becomes the sheriff by default and goes mad with power. And so this uh, Danger Danger song, it was a very uh, truncated explanation of him going mad with power. Where like, this was like what would normally be the Disney villain song. Not that he's a villain; he's more just stupid, and things get out of hand. Yeah, but functionally, it's the villain song, and it's just cute because it starts with him going like, "I don't know what to do," and by the end, he's literally like, "Uh, the dictator of North Korea."
2: Yeah. Oh god, that was fucking funny. So,
0: but one yeah, of the yeah, you pointed out some stuff about it. I wanna, I wanna one hear. Of the
1: things I, I loved about this song is there's a bunch of references in the video and in the song itself to other songs like the mob 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 mob, mob. like okay lady gaga uh bad romance right like there's definitely a knob there but also the melody to that is the guitar melody to self-esteem by the offspring and it, the tempo has shifted a bit but it is it is that song and if you go and you click on the offspring and you look at some of the top comments right now like they're all like oh i didn't realize you know like they're talking about the new MLP movie. But like when I heard that, I was like, I swear to God, I've heard this before. This, this is an offspring song. And I went and look for it. I was like, fuck it is like, and it's called self-esteem. And this character like has, you know, that right. Like, like it, it, it's one of those things where there's so much of this movie is deliberate. And this song is so fun for so many reasons, but like, that was a big one. Also, it's just got actual electric guitar. Like the background ponies, are, like headbanging to it. It's, It's got a really good, like, guitar melody in it. It's just a fun kind of, like, soft rock song, but also it's got some punk stuff in there. And lyrically, it's stupid as fuck, but it is really fun. Like, goddamn. I I keep listening to it. Like, it's it's very addictive.
0: Yeah, somebody I follow on Twitter was talking about uh, her kids won't stop singing it. It's like the whole weekend was just them singing while they're, like, doing other stuff. And she's also perfectly fine with it. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, it's super catchy, but it's really funny. I I like how it kind of starts with like a um like we should be cautious and we should be prepared and we should defend ourselves. But then the lyrics become literally like like it's like self aware that they're like acting on impulse and making bad decisions, but then they're all like nodding, going like, Yeah. It one is one
1: that's I think kind of fun about this movie is I think all the characters are kind of dumb.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, like, Gen 4 didn't have that, like, like Twilight's smart. Like, she's kind of social stupid, but she's obviously really book smart, right? Like, and I don't know, the way the way the characters play off each other in this movie and, like, the antagonists, and, like, everybody's just a little stupid. And it works because, I mean, they're all so insular, right? Like, the, these Every, every country is, is basically being like an isolationist country. They don't leave their own bubbles. They don't have any outside information other than what's in front of them. And so their motives and stuff, like, they're kind of pure, but they don't always make sense. Like, Sonny's like, I'm going to break into this thing and tell everybody that, no, actually, we should be friends. And Hitch is like, what did you plan on accomplishing with this? Like, why did you think this would work? And it's like, that's a good point because her idea was stupid. Heart Everybody was right
0: has place. a childlike quality to them, to like varying degrees.
1: But it's not annoying, is the thing.
0: No, it's not annoying. But it's also well, even um, shoot, what's his name? The sheriff. Uh, Hitch. Hitch, like Hitch is like. There's this big town, and he's literally the only sheriff. And he also like he'll just do these like random stupid things like he he'll grab a child and like hand it he's like here's your child ma'am and is like, this isn't my kid and it's the stuff where it's like he has an actual job that's kind of important but realistically there's no like robber pony here right like this is this environment feels like the imaginary town that a little girl would think of while she's playing with ponies where it's yeah. like oh we only have one sheriff doll. Therefore, this town only needs one sheriff by metric of we only have one. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of a thing where I, I feel like in Gen 4, not that it was a problem, but there was always this Princess Celestia as the adult and then like the main yeah. characters are learning from her. And this d- never had like the adult who's twice as tall as everyone and like looking down on him with like, well, here's your lesson, you do, you stupid idiot have to spoon feed, you stupid
1: like even, because Sonny's father like is the adult character for a bit in the beginning, but even he is like he's got this childlike wonder to him yet, and the way he plays. And what, what with does his he know? He and, like, died. Stories. Well, sure, but like there's even like the adults have a whimsy to them. I think the only really like authoritative one is uh, the monarch, the 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 queen of of the Pegasus is right, and when they find out that the, they can't fly, like that that bitch gets arrested. Like yeah. they have kind of a coup.
0: <laughs> I loved, I loved the part when Hitch was like, he was in the mountains looking for them, and he's giving a speech, and then the fog clears, and there's like cyberpunk twenty seven seven wanted signs. Yeah, like on the on the super mega screens, like right behind him.
1: And then Izzy's like just smiling really big in her uh, want in her you know pose, her yes. mugshot like, and it's like hell yeah, she is. I love you, Izzy. Some of the little <coughs> yeah, um. Crap! I, I wonder, like where do we want to veer this to, right? Because like, I wish I wish the two Pegasus characters we see, so it's like Pip and Zip, I think. Which yeah, I I really wish they had more to do. I I conceptually like those characters. They're they're kind of along for the ride. Zip a little less so, but I know um when uh when Sunny's playing DDR at the end for the crystal, in the unicorn area, which. That scene, I I didn't quite like. That felt like that was going to be a a, a toy play set, is the DDR plays. Um, But I kind of wish, like, Pip would have taken over and be like, hey, I'm a pop singer, I'm a dancer, like, I'll beat him and we'll get the crystal. And and given her, like, more agency and some other way for her to help the group because she really didn't do much. She's just kind of there. Well,
0: and also that that conflict at the end with the dance, like, was something set up that Sonny's a good dancer? No. I
1: don't think so. Or that so. she plays
0: games? Like, it fell out of nowhere that, like, it, uh, uh, the gag that they have to dance. Haha, uh, it's funny. But also, she gets crammed in the first two rounds. And then someone just says, oh, you gotta believe in yourself. And then she did fine. And it's like, this, this is a little less than some of the other scenes.
1: <laughs> yeah, and like, that last third of this movie, like like those kind of cracks appear, and you're just like, Where did this come from? This was so well written, and then you do that, like this doesn't feel like it's serving a purpose. And okay, she loses the they lose the disguises at the end and and, and things go haywire there. And I was honestly hoping they would have played into that more when like when she's making her bet with that character, I was kinda like, What if she bets her horn? Because it's not real. Like my, that cuz that was my immediate thought. I think that would be really interesting is she's like literally betting their disguises uh, on this game. And I think that would have been better because then if they would have won or lost, it went to really battered cuz she could have lost and she loses it and they get discovered. She wins, they still get discovered. And then it's like just fucking steal the crystal. I I, I guess you don't want your heroes to like steal things in a kids movie. But I mean the guy was kind of but no, a dick.
0: No, they just had the whole heist thing at the at the palace.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. They stole it. Well, I guess, like, her kids saw, said it was okay. I mean, they would one day inherit the crowd, so there's a certain level of, like, well, if they say it's fine.
0: I don't know. I I liked that there was a MacGuffin and then the MacGuffin wasn't actually what it was about.
1: That was nice, yeah.
0: Um, I appreciated that. I feel like, you know, again, as an adult that watches movies, foreshadowed a little bit that, that, you know, of course it's going to be about friendship and not a magic gem but mm-hmm. I liked how they handled it because they put a lot of pressure like when the when the uh, lighthouse was like falling over it, it was like things are getting really dire where Sunny's it's like yeah, man they really the care end. about the stupid crystal you know
1: that was my other thing is like she took being homeless really well that, that wasn't just homeless that was like her father's home and like uh, clearly like a landmark of old equestrian magic because it had like the stuff in it right like and the 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 red pony just ran that fucker over with like a gundam pony gundam
0: so yeah it was a little it was what it was overall i really was super impressed with this movie yeah um which so of all the new characters uh which pony is the sexiest
2: um
1: yeah who is the most fuckable pony
0: Cause I like uh, gloomy sonnet.
1: Oh, is that the one you 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 posted a picture of?
0: Yeah, she was the one like with the sad poem.
1: I guess that's a good answer. Um,
0: There's a lot of fan art of her.
2: Is there? Nice.
0: Yeah.
1: I honestly, I, I think, I think uh, Sonny's dad had had a certain like grandeur about him, like. I don't know. He, he, he's a safe lay, right? Like you have sex with him, and you're just like everything's gonna be fine. He's gonna cuddle. Like I, I think he's a he's a strong contender for most for most fuckable. I,
0: I mean, frankly, I, I had this mental image of of you and him together, and afterwards, you could say, and maybe next time I can be on top, and then he'll give you a nuggie. and we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, this conversation's gonna be a real treat for the six people that listen to this show.
0: Oh boy. You know, I something else about the like the CGI direction they took. I'm looking at some of these characters, like people have taken stills and high res, and there's just this very neat quality where they worked like glitter into stuff. Like some of the ponies will have glitter in their hair, and it's more like a style thing, but it just reminds me of toys. In a way that really yeah. like gets to me.
1: It it does it does a good job of what it is setting out to do as far as like introducing new people to what will be a new show, but also like telling a fun story. And that's the thing, like I got nitpicks with the plot, I got nitpicks with some of the character stuff, but at the end of the day, I had a lot of fun with this movie. Like it is just like a fun ninety minutes and it's kinda like it's kinda like watching cotton candy or something, right? But done in like a sugar rush way like i don't know like i felt somewhat satisfied at the end like it it didn't it didn't feel like this weird vapid thing i don't know i think if
0: they if they're to not make the show like the tv show doesn't get greenlit this movie itself still kind of stands on its own
1: it does, but you can definitely see cracks in it, and you can see, like, the yeah. things that they were trying to do, which is a shame. Like, like Izzy talks about being able to see people's auras, right? Like, it's like, oh, your, your aura is aquamarine, or your aura is this. And that doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't do anything, but it's, like, a thing that's established. You so see, you're like, oh, that's, like, a Chekhov's gun. Like, when's this going to pay off? And it just doesn't come up again. Uh, hitches things with animals is sort of the same way. Uh, Zips, like, athletics, right? Like, She's like running around and doing the wall jumps or whatever. And you're like, oh, like she's kind of like the Rainbow Dash. What, what's she going to do with that? And at the end of the day, it's not like she really helps stop the Mac. Like she's got this thing and then it it doesn't pay off. And, and when you're looking at a 90 minute movie or any kind of story, like typically every detail, every paragraph, everything is supposed to serve a purpose. And some of this stuff doesn't. And I, that can be OK, but it feels like it's supposed to is the thing.
0: Here's my complaint. When Sunny turned into an alicorn for no reason.
1: Mm. That's a toy.
0: It's a toy, but also I feel like it took away from her being like grounded and relatable. Like, I feel like Twilight Sparkle was the star, but also it's like she's super smart and special. Yeah. And even though she makes mistakes, she's special. And with Sunny, it's like she just wishes well and is willing to believe in that. And nothing else. Like, well, the other she's thing not... too
1: is like Twilight had to earn that. It took her three seasons to, to get there, right? Yeah. I, I do wonder like some of like I think the fan theory is like is she going to keep that because like the, the, the horn and the wings are like transparent. Like she's not like she grows them like Twilight literally grew wings.
0: Yeah, no I'm sure uh, it turns off. I'm sure that it's going to be printed in a clear plastic that you can like clip onto your Sunny doll. Sure. But yeah, I, I don't I don't know what the show would be like I, I'm also kind of curious like what the show will look like because it can't have this production value.
1: Yeah Joe's kind of talked about that too like the way rendering works and the stuff like there's a there's a time constraint to just like rendering this level of lighting and shadows like you can't just snap your fingers and it's done like it takes a lot of processing to make something look this good. are they gonna have time to do that and actually make a TV show?
0: Right. I mean, I I think there's a benefit to the way the characters are designed. And this goes back to the last gen also. But for background yeah. characters, you can, like, copy-paste them and recolor them. So that makes crowds so much easier to do. Yeah. But realistically, there's other limitations also. And so it's like, I liked this movie a lot. I think if the production value goes down and it's like, here's 22 minutes about... uh. Um, a pizzi needs to use the bathroom when she needs friendship to get the courage to ask for the restroom key from the gas station attendant. It's like I don't know if I'm gonna care. Well, that's not a so, real good example episode, but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I will say like, remember the uh, the Madagascar movie, the DreamWorks no. movie. No, it had the penguins in it.
0: I watched the Penguins movie.
1: So, because there, there was a TV show that, that spun off of that. The Madagascar uh, the lemurs... show or the yes. penguin show? The Madagascar show. Okay. Because, yeah, there, there was a spinoff, and, like, it was, like, the lemurs and the penguins in a zoo getting into school. Well, that was the penguin show. Yeah, but there was also a penguin movie.
0: And it, it was, well, yeah, there was a penguin movie. There was also a King Julian movie. Or, no, King Julian show.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The point but, yeah, being the penguin is show. It started off as a movie and it came a TV show and there was definitely a noticeable step down in graphical quality because, of course, I don't think it took away. I remember enjoying the TV show and like it didn't look terrible. It didn't look good, but it didn't look terrible. And I think technology's progressed enough where this will still probably look good. It just won't look great. But I don't think it'll be like bad enough to draw people away. I, I think We've been animating stuff in 3D and cartoons and stuff like long enough to know how to cut corners. So I'm kind of confident that they'll do that in the right way and it will look nice. Like uh, we kind of talked about that SpongeBob cartoon, right? Like it didn't look amazing. It worked, but the corner they cut was all the backgrounds were like super empty. And so if this show knows how to cut the right corners, I think they'll I think they'll make it work. And if they make like a proper asset set, which I would imagine they would. I think this was the whole plan all along. I'm optimistic.
0: I'm wondering how much of the unicorn depression carries over. Because at the end, it's like they magically got uplifted. But I I, don't know. I also kind of feel like that was a charming part of how different that area was.
1: It's weird because like the Pegasus couldn't fly, but they seemed okay. Like there was a yeah, functional they- society.
0: And then the Earth ponies didn't miss out on anything. They're they're fine.
1: Yeah, the dumb mud ponies don't have magic. That, that, which is kind of funny, too. Like, Sunny's whole thing was very selfless. It's not like she was trying to get herself anything. She was just trying to make some
0: friends. Well, that's the thing. It's like she wanted to make friends with a unicorn. And she wanted yeah. to have a friend that could fly, because that's such a neat idea. So when she gets a unicorn horn and wings, and it's like, no, no, bad movie.
1: <laughs> Can we? Oh wait, real quick. The um, I like the corporation that's selling like anti unicorn and anti pegasus stuff because that's kind of yeah. silly and dumb. But also, it clearly is garbage. It doesn't fucking work. Like, she gets captured in the thing and it runs its course and throws stuff at her and spins her around. And it's like, okay, presentation's over and you screwed it up. And it's like, yeah, but your stuff didn't kill me. Like, it's clearly garbage. But I really well,
0: up. um that whole sequence. It gave me serious, like, Simpsons vibes.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I guess.
0: Where I feel like Lisa Simpson would have, like, snuck in dressed like a unicorn going, Stop! They they can be our friends. And, like, Mr. Burns, like, Smithers, activate the unicorn stopping device. Yes, sir. I like Barbie more.
1: It it was one of those things where, like, at at a certain point, it has to have, like, the cartoon violence. And so, like, okay, we're going to throw globs of, like, sticky green jelly. And that's the that's the weapon. I thought the boxes that captured the unicorns were way more funny. And when Izzy gets captured and, like, Hitch and, and Sunny are there, and, and Hitch is like, don't you do it. And Sunny's just, like, creeping forward to push the button to let her out. Like, like I swear to God, it's... I've had that conversation with my cat when I'm like, don't you jump on the table. And he's, like, looking at the table like, Ripley, you're not allowed on the table. And he's, like, looking at the table. And eventually he just jumps on the fucking table.
0: Yeah, I I liked that. I think that stuff all worked really well. Yeah. Um overall, I I say it was a it was a really swell movie. It's a kids movie. I don't know that I recommend it to any adults. But personally, yeah. I had so much fun watching it. So, I'm an adult. So, if you're an adult like Cameron, see a professional.
1: If if you've listened to all of our talks about cartoons on this show, and we're like, "Man, these are some handsome motherfuckers. I bet they get laid a lot." then you probably like this movie and also have the brain damage. But we can all be brain damaged together. It's a big old happy party.
0: It is a happy party. This is an overwhelmingly uh, positive episode, but I think we still have time for a glad space. Okay. Well, you're welcome to disagree. Cool.
1: <laughs> Try to think what I'm glad about. Like, It's been an all right week. Um... I kind of want to talk about the game you bought me on VR or for VR, but I also want to give it another week to play it some more, so I'm going to hold off. Okay. But, uh, for the listeners, that, that gives you some spice for next episode. you got something to look forward to.
0: It was Palin Wonder that, World.
1: <laughs> one of the things that made me glad this week is I found this uh, Tom and Jerry short, like this animated like from Japan Tom and Jerry short I shared on Twitter. That was insanely cute. And had like the spirit of Tom and Jerry, but with a really different twist on it. And I, w- I would recommend people go search for that, like Tom and Jerry, like anime or Tom and Jerry Japan, because you're probably going to yeah, find it. Yeah, it's got but...
0: this like Hello Kitty vibe to it. Yeah. Where the, the they're cutesy and there's still the like cat and mouse rivalry thing, but also they're kind of friendly, so it's just like sweet.
1: And it's still got like the slapstick stuff of, you know, the cartoon kind of bouncing around weird violence and, and changing shapes and stuff, but. It's it's less mean spirited than like the American Tom and Jerry. Right. But still like it's still Tom and Jerry. Like it, it was so, it's a fun watch. They're like only a couple minutes long. See, so yeah, I go go hunt some of those down. I think you'll have fun with those. Yeah,
0: with that's those actually things. a really good glad space. Because they'll make you feel glad for finding them. Yeah. Mm. So like I made a rule for myself that I wouldn't bring up Warhammer every single week. Because I was getting like repetitious on the show,
2: uh-huh.
0: uh huh. But I'm still like kind of totally obsessed with Warhammer. So if anyone out there was curious, yeah, I still am. Yay! But uh, I I was uh, the the new Orc Codex came out, and I I didn't pre-order it because it's like I don't really need that one. I'm waiting for the Grey Knights one. Um, but like the more I'm thinking about it, it's like I kind of I went Orcs. I love the Orc orcs lore. I love the Orc culture. I love all that stuff. So it's like, I'm going to get the orc book and a couple models. I'm going to paint some orcs finally. And then the book sold out. And turns out the book is so popular that it's really hard to find. So I've been looking for a while. (laughs) Like the stores, like the Games Workshop store uh, online, it sold out. I went to the actual Games Workshop near here. They didn't have it. He said, oh, yeah, we never even got any to stock. It was pre-orders only. And I'm like, man, when's the next reprint going to be? I stopped by my my more local hobby store for paint. They never get, like, the current books in. But for whatever reason, they got a bunch of Orc merch. And they had one book left. So I thought, oh, sweet. So I got a book. And I I tear off the plastic. And I start reading it. And half the pages, there's, like, a printing error where they're upside down. Okay. So I want to. I want you to think about that, because it's actually it kind of makes it better.
1: Well, yeah, like, like orcs don't know how
0: to fucking read. Well, that's the thing. While I'm reading my orc book halfway through, like I, I turn a page, I have to like audibly grunt and turn my book upside down and go, oh, it's right here. And that's it's pretty like. cute. Yeah, so I was talking to somebody online about it and, and they're like, oh, well, if you contact Games Workshop, they'll ship you a replacement. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> I'm keeping this upside down <laughs> one. Are you nuts? Like, it's the best. I've been enjoying this book.
1: So you're going to actually start collecting orcs?
0: Yeah, I figure I actually, I want to have like a thousand points of Grey Knights and then a thousand points of orcs. So yeah, that if someone dude. were to like come over, I could like, hey, here's a hole we can Warhammer.
2: Dude, I
1: want to see how you would tackle um, orcs because, like, I have the five I did, right? And I put, like, a shitload of hours into them, and I'm very happy with how they turned out. And I I do think you're a better painter than me, so I'm really curious, like, what you would do with orcs. And, like, that big kind of set of, like, ten, like, I want to, like, see how we would build those because orcs are really customizable. They come with, like, a shitload of extra weapons and arms and whatnot just to, like... You can make them literally however you want. It's fucking awesome. They are so fun.
0: Yeah. No, that's the thing is like they're they're so fun that there's like too many options where there's like um, there's the orcs that have guns and knives and then there's the orcs that they focus on like giant machines and then there's the orcs that focus on vehicles and then there's the orcs that focus on riding beasts. And it's like, well, how do I pick one? Like, there's too many, like, they're, they're so simple minded, but then it's like, there's so many different, like, ways to approach these, and they have the different colors and stuff. And so, one of the reasons I put off the, the orc thing was like, I don't even, I can't decide. I'm so indecisive about it. Uh, but the more I'm thinking about it, I really like the Blood Axe Clan, which are oh. the stealth ones that the other orcs don't trust.
1: Sneaky, sneaky.
0: Yeah. And what I liked about it, was that I realized they're the polar opposite of the Grey Knights because the thing I'm having with the Grey Knights is when I paint them, I almost paint them too fast because it's just they're silver with blue highlights, they're done. And there's no, like, personality or characters. They're all kind of, like, the same. Like, by by their training, they are very uniform because that's how they function. And with the sneaky orcs, they don't even, like, the color they worship is the abstract concept of camouflage.
1: Yeah, they don't know how it works. They just know it yeah. that
0: it is a thing. Yeah, they don't know how it works. So it's not like they wear green camo because they're in a forest. It's like they've seen a tiger once so they started painting stripes on things. And then they saw like some, they saw like a a spotted like butterfly once, so it's like this has spots on it. And so like they'll have like all colors in a way that does not make sense and they stand out in a snowstorm. But that's what camouflage is to them. And it's like, "Wait, wait, wait." I kind of like this because yeah, it means funny, like, each one can have their own personality and their own like story to tell. It's like, they're going to be so ununiform. It'll literally be the opposite of my great Knights.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? Cause like, yeah, the great Knights are like literally like the most serious characters in all of Warhammer. They're like, we are the, the epitome of the knighthood and the imperium of man. And we have to be pristine. We have to be perfect. We have to fuck shit up, but we have to do it by the books and orcs are just like, I believe that this is red, so it goes faster, and they're they're just dumb. And the contrast is great. You have like bright ass colors versus drab colors, and yeah, I, I like the I just the the visual contrast there and the, the the personality contrast. And like I said, orcs are fun.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna orcs. love this collection. My favorite. Um, orcs. I actually
1: he, he... no oh, go yeah. on. It's fine.
0: Um, I got I got one model already. I haven't painted it yet. But have you seen the doctor? Yes. Where he has like he has like a little monster that he's using as a blood bag. Yeah. And he has like a little um uh, an orderly goblin with him. And the goblin's like missing all his limbs cuz all his limbs have been repurposed for better uses already.
1: Orcs are fun. They're they just there's so much personality to them like and that's like kind of the thing with all the models like Games Workshop do a good job. Like they are like the Cadillac of minis. Like you you get what you pay for. Um but the, there's just something special about the orc models. Like the one I built that I really like, he's got like, he's missing like an eye and half his jaw. And then he's missing both his arms. He's they're replaced with like weapon arms. And it's just like, this dude lost so many fights, but he's still alive. And he's like, no, nah, just give me more metal. And like, he's, he, he tells a story. Like the model tells a story. He's not just a, a space Marine. He's like, you get so much out of him because of like the way I built him. So he like, I get to put my touch on him, right? Like it's, they're very, they're, they're good. They're very good.
0: So, yeah, that's going to be fine. When I do sit down and paint one, I'll, I'll let you know.
1: Nice. Um, I don't normally like plug my stuff, but because this is kind of fitting right now, if you go to a I did write a, uh, I'd have mentioned this before. I wrote a My Little Pony, uh Warhammer mashup fanfic called My Little Warhammer Friendship is Wag, W-A-A-H-G. So that's fairly easy to find, but. It's really dumb, but also kind of it's fun. It's it's silly. It's like a couple chapters. If if you're bored, wanna, if you want to read, read about Twilight Sparkle helping the orcs find friendship and kill tyrannids. I I did that, so you don't have to.
0: It is a fun read. Ah, uh, is that everything for today? I think so. I think we had a pretty fun conversation.
1: I had fun. I'm gonna have to have the a repeat of this conversation with Emily on the Comics Podcast uh, in a couple days, because well, we're make sure you
0: re listen to all the songs.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: I liked. Yeah, I I was kind of surprised to like the song so much.
1: I, it was a good surprise though, because like I go into this kind of stuff, I was like, okay, the show tunes better be good. Like they're kind of a reason I'm here. Like I'm expecting something.
0: And then, um, if you find the time for it. I want to maybe recommend you and anybody else out there with a Netflix account try that first episode of He-Man Revelation. Revelations? I don't know. Uh, I want to talk about that next week. Okay. I think that'll be a fun talk too. But for this week, it's been Cameron
2: and Chad
0: and this is
1: not normally how we sign this show off.
0: Are you No, you're supposed to say cheap.
1: Oh. We didn't rehearse this.
0: This is a, a new concept I just thought of 30 seconds ago.
1: Well, I want you to unthink of this concept and say goodbye, everybody.
0: Goodbye, everybody.